On this DMV Sports Roundtable, Redskins free fall, losing games, injuries, penalties, dysfunction. The F word on Mason Foster's private Instagram in reference to the team and the fan base. Can Josh save us? Um, at the end of the day, just get in here and lock in with this team, lock in on the game plan, get focused for the next game, and uh, just go through a real preparation week. I've been, I've been around this game long enough to know how to prepare. So uh, it'd be good to really get on the same page with the guys, be able to communicate, talk through a lot of things with the coaches. And I'm excited about the opportunity. Newly minted Redskins starting QB Josh Johnson, who's been with the team for only about a week. The Jaguars are up next. The Redskins have lost four in a row. They are not eliminated from the playoffs. Follow our podcast on Twitter at DMV Sports Round 1. I'm Dimitri Sotis with Jamal Bowens and our special guest, WTOP and WUSA 9 sportscaster Frank Hanrahan on Skype. Welcome in, guys. Let me break the ice with this little observation. Alex Smith may have never been the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but he was enough of a leader to keep that team together and make some good things happen. And unfortunately, Alex is fighting for his leg right now. Well, you you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. You know, Mm -hmm. people lamented uh, what he was doing. He wasn't lighting it up uh, and, and, and filling the stats like they were used to Kirk Cousins doing. But now you see certain things that he brought to the table I mean, even even on the field in terms of uh, sustaining drives and, and winning time of possession, they haven't been able to do that at all since he's been gone. No, he didn't light the world on fire. He didn't, you know, put up great numbers, but he did enough to win while he was here. So, unfortunately, you lose that and, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's the only reason why the wheels have fallen on the bus in terms of the locker room because a lot of that dysfunction is on the defensive side of the ball. So it's something to be said about that. When you're, you know, you're guys that are supposed to be your leaders, DJ Swearinger and uh, Mason Foster as a captain, you know, then when that leadership starts to get a little shaky, making a lot of different comments uh, towards players, coaches, whatever it may be. Jonathan Allen is a leader, but he's a young guy still, only in the second year. So it's a lot to be desired there, and a lot of that goes to Manuski and Tom Sula and the rest of the coaching staff. Yeah, uh, it's a great mystery as to why the defense have collapsed that way. Frank, your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I mean, Alex Smith certainly was the ultimate game manager, and uh, that's what they're missing right now. Is is a, as much as we sometimes grumble about management, you got to have it. And uh, without him, they've what lost three in a row, four in a row. What's their losing four record row, right yeah. now? In a row, yeah. And then you know, just from a perspective of bringing in Mark Sanchez, I am sure, guys, that nobody. You know, behind closed doors, was excited to have Mark Sanchez come in, right? Are you going to be excited no, to no. have this guy <laughs> as your leader, as your manager? No. And then you see what happens when there is a a mobile quarterback like Josh Johnson. It's amazing. Hasn't thrown a pass what in seven years in the seven NFL years. until last week. But at least you bring in a guy that perhaps he shows a little bit of swagger and some uh, ability to move the football. So I think actually. He's providing a spark, which is amazing to, to, to talk about, which is three games left in the regular season. So, you know, hopefully his ability to do what he did last week against the Giants, even though they're in the prevent defense, can actually give the Redskins a little bit of confidence heading into this Jacksonville game because the Jaguars are kind of like the Redskins right now. Both teams uh, dysfunctional. Yeah, I, I agree with that uh, to a certain extent. I mean, Josh Johnson is a great story, and, you know, we all root for those. I don't know how much stock I put into what I saw last week just right, because right. – it was the second half was basically a preseason game. You know, it's like he's playing against the scout team. A lot of those guys probably wouldn't even be playing if the score was any closer. But he did provide a spark, and, and we'll see where that goes. I think I don't want to get into. I mean, he could win out, and he could be Todd Collins. 
uh, from from years back where, you know, you win, go on a win streak and then get into the playoffs uh, on some sort of magical ride. But our fan base, I don't want to get it. If we do that, our fan base gets so caught up that if he does win out and we sneak into the back door of the playoffs, then they'll put him up on the pedal stuff that needs to be our, our next starting quarterback. I don't think he's that going forward. I hope we get the best one for the moment. If he can be that guy for the moment for the next three games and see where the chips fall, fine. But sure. I, I don't – this matchup, I don't know. Because the Jaguars, they're, yes, they're dysfunctional. But on the defensive side of the ball, they're on paper, they're probably the most talented defense, at least on paper, right. in, in the NFL. You know, yeah. when you look at Ramsey and Miles – uh, Campbell, the, the list goes on Malik Jackson, the list goes on and on, the guys they have on their defense. And if, you know, their their offense is not going to do anything, but their defense is good enough. You held, They shut out Andrew Luck, who was playing yeah. probably, you know, some of the best quarterback play up until that point, 6 nothing. They don't need to score. <laughs> All their defense needs to do is keep you from scoring. And they can do that with this offense easily, especially with this banged-up offensive line. But what you were saying about Josh, again, them winning out, that's a big prospect. But let's say it happens. You wouldn't want him as your starter next year? I mean, who else are they going to get? Put it like this. Some people just are what they are. And I don't get caught up in the fixed magic because he is what he is. At the end of the day, that uh, Cinderella slipper falls off and that chariot turns right back into a pumpkin. So, yeah, it would be a great story, but if he was going to be that, he would have been that 13 been years that ago. Already. Yeah. 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 So then uh, you draft a quarterback? And I'm not saying that Alex Smith is done, but it's just the poor, I don't, poor I don't, guy is going I, through I would. terrible I, medical Yeah, I, I would. The thing just came out about Geis, and he, he's battled infections, unbeknownst to us, uh, until you know recently this week. I think uh, he said it's been gone for two and a half weeks. And he got it in September. And that's just very curious to me, along with all the other injuries. Now you have two infections. It, it wasn't the same doctor, but, you know, I don't know how that correlates. Huh. But, yeah, I, I think you do, uh, you do draft another quarterback. I don't know which round because there are other places you need to get uh, better on this team. You don't know what Smith is going to do, but it does need to be addressed. Yeah, it's a crazy uh, scenario to think. I mean, who knows what the deal with Colt McCoy is? What they still didn't put him on the injured reserve list, so there's there's hope. I mean, would you would you start the season with Colt McCoy? Probably not, just because of his injury uh, history as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got or maybe he, he vies for the starting job with ever who they draft. But again, this is a it's a weak year for quarterbacks too. This is. Um, this is a big conundrum, and this goes back to who is going to be in the leadership role to make these decisions moving forward. I, I am shocked, guys. Uh, well, maybe not that shocked, but I, I'll say surprised that nobody was let go following the Giants' loss. I mean, mm-hmm. as a fan base, I think it's a little disrespectful to say, you know what, we're good with this. We're good with that effort. I haven't seen uh, – I think, Dimitri, were you there? I mean, it was – it was yep. one of the worst performances I've ever seen for three quarters. I, I could not believe what I was watching, how easy it was for the Giants to do whatever they wanted to do offensively. And and, and Mark Sanchez was just a disaster. So And nothing has happened. And But, but you know what has happened? Just more off-field distractions yeah. with Foster, with Zach Brown saying he's not going to be here, with the muzzling of DJ Swearinger and Josh Norman, guys that were very vocal now can't really say anything about how pathetic – uh, the, the situation is. So that to me is the first thing that, that has to be decided. Who's going to make the decision 
on who is going to draft or select a quarterback moving forward. Is it still going to be Bruce Allen, Doug Williams? Uh, are they still going to have their jobs? Is Jay Gruden going to be around? He's a big quarterback guy. Uh, I think that has to be settled first, and then, then they can make the decision on who they draft. But, yeah, if I'm in in a position of, of leadership, certainly they've got to get a quarterback. I say send them both to Oakland right now. <laughs> they got, they <laughs> got, they got rid of McKenzie. Take Allen, take your brother, and just go on to Vegas and let us restart from here. Because you can't make – and it's, it's the same thing I have about the Wizards. When people talk about trading Wall and Bill, you cannot make any decisions on – personnel until you start at the top with either one of those organizations right. it's got to start with Allen. it's got to start with ernie then you can get into brooks and then you can get into gruden and on down to the roster but i don't want the same person doing a rebuild that got me in this funky position in the first place why would i trust you to tear down a building you built and i trust that you're going to rebuild it better no i got to get somebody else in here and then we have to have, to have defined roles who is Doug and are they the, G, the GM sometimes is is Bruce the GM, but he's in the background because he's been very silent. He hasn't said anything with the no. Reuben Foster thing. It was said that he was the one that made the final decision and said, this is what we're going to do. But he put a statement from Doug on the front lines. Doug fumbled some words, maybe said something he shouldn't have, then took the live bullets and had to apologize Bruce Allen, if that was your decision, you're supposed to be on that podium, not Doug Williams. So who's who? Because we got a room full of people. You seem to say you're the GM, but you're not on the front lines. So, And this team has always made up titles for this person, that person, which really don't mean anything. So we need some clear-cut parameters of who's the GM, who's this, who's that. Would Doug Williams do well as the new president of football operations? I wouldn't mind, Doug. I mean... Again, I don't know exactly how much of this mess is Doug, how much of this is Bruce Allen or anybody else, Cunningham, whoever else is in that room. I don't know what percentage of who does what. So I right now, no, I wouldn't have a problem with with Doug. I would actually if Doug came on as president, I would bring McKenzie in as a GM. He did not tear up Oakland. He brought Oakland up from nothing. So it would be a swap, basically, a washington Oakland if, if, swap. If we could trade GMs if he was still there, <laughs> I would do that. Because he, he Carr, and the, when they went on that little bit of a run, and they had a couple of good seasons, it seemed like they were trending in the right direction, he brought in Matt Carr, Amari Cooper. He brought them from nothing. He yeah. was, I guarantee you, he was not the one that chose to trade Mac and trade Cooper. It was not his call. Those right. were not Gruden's guys. He did not want to take them to Vegas with him. He wanted the picks, start over with young guys that he handpicked and selected and make that his team. But the demise of Oakland Raiders this year, that's not on McKenzie, in my opinion. He did. That's not his, that's not his fault. Seems to be a fully John Gruden I think uh, so. commanded thing. I'm not, not speaking very good English. There, I mean, he's the one that's still there. Who do you guys think would make a good head coach for the Redskins if indeed Jay Gruden is gone? That's a great question. My favorite argument a lot of times, which it's not really my favorite argument, is when people say, well, who else are you going to get if you fire Jay Gruden? Like, well, somebody else is going to do a better job, in my opinion. I think it's time for Jay to go. Right. Just look at the, uh, the attitude this week. I'm doing my, my uh, get off my lawn uh, right here. I mean, I, I heard uh, <laughs> 
from players this week leading up to a pivotal game. And I heard them playing table tennis in the background, ping pong. Like, I don't, I don't know. If I'm losing, I'm not doing the, the fun stuff Like or playing music before practice. I, I'm, I'm getting down to business and getting focused and doing nothing but trying to win. Mm. And I think that's where Gruden falls short in his terms of uh, he's a player's coach. He's which too much of a player's hard. coach players coach uh so to that i would go college ranks i mean i know you can't get saving he's too he's too settled um but uh yeah i quite honestly i don't know any names off the top of my head i got one uh there's got to be some other people that are better than than jake i got an old name okay uh, that i thought should have gotten the job before i don't know how it's going to stand right now because he can't stand dan snyder and dan snyder can't manage him but i would still be okay with greg williams Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll still be okay with because Greg Williams is the kind of kicky in the ass sort of coach that these yeah. guys need. And I think they respect that. A team takes on the personality of their of their coach. And when you see them leading the league in penalties, they're not prepared, their lack of focus. I see the same thing when Jay speaks, when yeah. Jay talks after games during the week. He doesn't seem prepared during the game. He's just in a in a sort of not quite adjacent Garrett, but a bit of a malaise where, yeah. like, are you even here? Do you know what the hell is going on, or do you have a plan? He just looks like a deer in headlights, and that's how his teams play. So if you have someone like Greg Williams, no nonsense, not going to take anything off anybody, I would go with him. And let's say Bowles gets fired. Let's have Greg Williams. Let's have some defensive-minded guys come in. Greg Williams with Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. I'm signing on for that all day. You know, I, I don't know if there's a morality test here. I didn't mean to cut you off, Frank, but is, is Greg well, Williams a, a man of character? I mean, when you consider Bounty well, Gate and... Uh, at this point, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's, to me, he, look, he, he's, paid his, he's paid his dues. You know, I mean, if that was that much of a problem, he, he's winning games in Cleveland. You yeah, know, he's so, getting it done, yeah. So, I mean, to me, when do you let bygones be bygones no one has brought that up with sean payton for many years uh i think he's gone through his paces he's paid his dues in terms of his punishment for that and he's had a pretty a clean record up to this point so and it's entertaining jake uh, he's entertaining greg williams is entertaining (laughs) i like the no nonton no bs uh approach that he has i wanted him before but the question is, can him and Dan coexist? Right. They couldn't then. Have they, you know, matured enough over these years to kind of come to a common ground if they were able to do that? But, I mean, he will have to back all the way off because Greg Williams will not be managed. Like, well, how would Greg Williams uh, you know, handle a certain situation like with Mason Foster? I think he would handle it completely different than yes. what – Gruden did basically saying, oh, it doesn't matter what he said because a code was broken rather than, well, this is nonsense. This is unacceptable. If this is how Mason Foster feels, then we need to talk about it and get it straightened out. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly what Jay Gruden said, did he? He was just everybody was apologetic to what he said. Now, you can say code, you can say this or the other. Uh, you can say screen grabs are bad, but he said it. And Mason did not even face the music. Uh, so this, again, it's just the handling of your personnel. I think Greg Williams would have handled it a lot differently. I think other coaches would have handled it yeah. a lot differently. Maybe, you know, suspend them from practice. Do something to let us fans know they're not running uh, a circus, which it seems like they are. And I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. you got to get a coach in here who is going to be all business, 
not waver at your press conferences saying, oh, well, there's a disconnect and we're, we're making excuses because we have a, a fourth-string quarterback in here. Greg Williams, other coaches would say, hey, I'm paying a lot of money to figure out how to win, regardless of whoever I have on my team. That's the bottom line. And you, you can hear Gruden starting to throw those excuses in to try mm-hmm. to save his job. I, I want a guy who doesn't have excuses or make excuses. And Gruden does that. And that's that's got to be different moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's all about accountability. And I've never seen exactly. Gruden as a type of person to make a, accountability for him, for his players, for, for anybody. And you have to make people account, accountable. A little nugget that I saw, Mason Foster's, I don't know if his brother or his cousin, took responsibility for it was oh, a, another, right? part, another part of that. He got into it with a high school kid. Oh uh, on the IG account that these, you know, screen, screen grabs came from. Right. Uh, he said, and this is this part is true because Mason Foster did get off his Twitter for at least a month ago. Yeah. Uh, he, he had yeah. gotten off of that. And his cousin brother, I can't remember which, uh, said that he was in charge of the Instagram account and oh. that he had gotten to it with the fan and didn't think. In terms of which I don't really understand it, you're not speaking as you. You know that you're speaking to someone as your NFL uh, family member. So I don't care how upset you get, mm-hmm. you can't have that back and forth. As soon as you say that first thing, yeah, it, you should be like, "Oh, damn, what am I doing?" Mm-hmm. And that should be done after that. If he's not involved, if that's just you, I mean, he went on a whole back and forth rant with this child, essentially. Right. And then said, oh, no, that was me. Mason, nothing about it. Um, I'm in charge of that. Which, again, to any NFL player, don't let anybody manage your accounts. So are we to so believe you, are we to believe that that I don't that know. key sentence with the F word was was the, the that, relative? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing it in there just yeah. for the sake of, you know, having all pieces of, you know, this puzzle and we can try to put it together which and you can uh believe whichever part you want i don't know you know but if you he has never come across on social media is ever saying anything like that now if it was a personal dm conversation it may be who knows you also have to be careful who you talk to period whether you know the person or not you got to be careful about that but i'll say in what i've seen on twitter and a lot of people I follow that follow me are uh, intertwined with the tweet team and go to the games, and the, he's one of the favorites. So I've never seen that from him before. So it seemed like a little bit out of character for what I've seen, but that's just my perception. And whether he said or not, it, it's out there. Yeah, it's. It, it, I, you hate to say it, but whoever typed it, it almost doesn't matter at, at this point. No, I mean, it, I'm it, not. It doesn't. Your name on it, yeah. And he's and, and the thing, he's a captain. Yeah. You know, he, he's a, he's a captain and people have real problems with him continuing to have that C on his chest. To me, I don't think regardless of the situation, he was going to be here next season anyway. The Zach Brown thing kind of throws him off. But I've seen Zach Brown just kind of just says stuff just to say it. With there not really much basis behind. It. He just throws stuff out there because he's contractually he's here. Mason Foster can go. And then the Reuben Foster thing also, to me, was a subliminal message to him. You need to pick your game up because we'll do anything we can to improve this middle linebacker spot, even claiming someone like Reuben Foster. But it does seem like uh, the bosses are planning to let these three games play out before anybody, before blowing it up, if they're going to blow it up. 
Which is incredible. And I think guys, and I, you know, I've been around uh, DC for a long time and I swear to you that these, and, and you know, this, these owners and these GMs and these coaches, they know exactly what everybody's saying and who's tweeting what and what commentators are saying what. And I truly believe a lot of times these owners or these GMs uh, will not make a move on personnel strictly out of spite. And I'm not, and I'm not making this up. I'm not saying that in, uh, in any sort of sarcastic terms. It's, oh, really? You think that I should do that? Really? You want to tell me what I should do? Mm-hmm. I own this team. And because of your opinion or the fans' opinions, I'm going to cave into the pressure to say, oh, I got to get rid of my coach with three games left in the regular season. Or, oh, I got to get rid of uh, Bruce Allen with three games left in the regular season. I truly believe probably the right thing to do is, yes, to fire these gentlemen uh, and, and let them move on. But I, I truly think that one of the big reasons is, is that the people in charge don't want to be told what to do mm-hmm. and they will wait it out and uh, they'll, they'll do it on their own time. They're not going to bow down to the pressure of, of critics who say they, they know better than what the guy who is in charge should be doing. So that's, that's really, really sad and unfortunate, but that's the state, I think, of this franchise right now. They're not going to do anything because – we know better than them. They're egomaniacs. Correct. As as most uh, owners of, of professional teams are. Jerry Jones is an egomaniac. There are a lot of them that are, you are not going to put me in a corner. Yeah. Because th- these are wildly rich and wildly successful men who have, they are the boss. And it is hard for you to try to uh, get bosses to do things because they're not going to cower. I'm the boss. You don't tell me what to do. And that's the same mentality Dan yeah. Snyder has. But Dan's going to have to have whatever epiphany and moment he came to when he got rid of Vinny. He's going, I need him to have that moment again because it's, it's time. Yeah, it's time. And yeah. I, I know you work, you know, with the, the mystics and the wizards, but uh, I think Ted needs to have that moment also. <laughs> it's, about, it's about 16 years overdue. But I just want to throw that in there because that's what I do. Chris Chion has joined us, and uh, you guessed, Chris, as soon as you walked in, we've been spending the whole time here on Redskins Dysfunction. You were by my side for that Giants game, at least for the first half, and then couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, was that a Bush League etiquette for me as no, a no, guest of yours? Because uh, I No, know no, that I'm, I'm are... only mentioning it because you just couldn't stand it. I, I stayed for the whole thing and, and watched Josh and uh, got a pit beef sandwich and another beer and... Just kind of withstood it, but I've, I'm a veteran of these right. terrible beatdowns at FedEx. I've seen but a lot of them. It worked out for you, Chi, because you were able yeah. to go and see your Dolphins pull off that miracle <laughs> against the England. Yeah. So as uh, somebody who covers the Redskins, though, in this area, I did not watch Josh J- Johnson extensively enough as I wandered off the path to go back to the Metro. Dimitri, I haven't even told you this. I got lost. My phone oh, died. No. Then I had to no, find man. a cab. Um, anyway, so. I did not really hear anything about Josh Johnson. I, I've I've seen the stats. He looked pretty good. What was the eye test with him? Where people it, it looked like what better than it? Mark Sanchez, or was he, he against he, second teamers? He was. It was a preseason game. He was basically playing playing the scout squad, the scout team, uh, with maybe a starter, a second uh, second tier guy sprinkled in somewhere. I mean, he he did what he needed to do, and it was the boost that fans needed just to say just to give them something going into this week. But 
you got to put in perspective who we was playing against. Right, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is I watched Jacksonville just look like a team that gave up last Thursday night. They are very talented on the defensive front, but what kind of team is going to show up this Sunday? They're not going to the playoffs. And, and you know, AP said it this week, right? Uh, every time they look up at ESPN, the Redskins still are in the playoff hunt. So They're in the mix. I mean, who is the, you know, are the Redskins going to be motivated enough to beat this Jaguars team who might be, but Jaguars also blanked the Colts two weeks ago. So that's, that's I'm going point. back and forth. I don't really know what to expect. And Josh Johnson, he hasn't started since 2011, I right? I think he might be literally running for his life. Yeah. If this defense comes to play. Because they slide in now, and they're dysfunctional. And, and like Frank mentioned earlier, they're Ramsey. They're a bunch of knuckleheads sometimes. But if Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson and some of those veterans can reel them in and their folks that come out and play, yeah, they can destroy this makeshift offensive line, especially the guards. Because up front, they're ridiculous. They're front seven on paper. And the secondary is very good. So I, I'm not sure what... Josh Johnson is going to be able to do. Jay is going to have to be on his A game if he even has one of those in terms of calling the plays. I haven't seen it. Jay looks like another guy who, and Frank, uh, you know, you cover the team as well. You may have gone to his press conference this week. He looks deflated. He was talking about the Mason Foster situation on Instagram this week and just kind of, uh, well, you know, it's uh, just his body language to me just looks like a guy that's not really. Did you see his body language after the game? Frank, you, you saw his body language after the presser last week? Yeah. I have never seen, and he was put his hand on, you know, his palm on the forehead. Yeah, I did notice you know, that. Yep. I think he almost, I think at one point he was almost leaning on the podium. Right. He just looked like, that last week let me know, oh, he's he's out of here. He's, he's, he's not even here anymore. He is, they have taken the last bit of joy that Gruden has left. And it might in be his a mutual life. decision, you know, like just. No, uh, I, don't, I mean, out of here in terms of checked out this, like he just doesn't have anything left. But then I've never seen a coach do that. So do you think he is, though, out after this year? He should be, but yeah. don't make a decision on that because I don't want Bruce Allen or whoever the GM is, figure that out first, to bring in the next coach. So figure that out first. Mm-hmm. Let that front office, if you're going to blow up something, blow that up first. Let the dust settle, then make that next person pick the coach, coach to quarterback, and on down the line the way that it should go. But this is the same team that hustles backwards and hires a coach before the GM. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the uh, Jim Zorn days. So they have been known to do things ass backwards when uh, Dan and company you know, take the reins over again. It's a shame that the quarterback draft class this year is one of the weakest coming out because that's a position that's got to obviously now be addressed in the draft because we don't know Alex Smith and how that's he'll be true. ready to go to start the year. You can't trust on anybody that's on this roster right now. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater might be a name to watch. Yeah, that's probably Teddy like Teddy Bridgewater, if healthy, could be a young enough, talented enough holdover. Yep. Uh, I don't think it, it, I'm good with that. Tyrod Taylor is not bad. Nope. He got beat out, but he's to me he's those two are good enough to and young enough to when you get and, and mo- mobile yeah, enough. athletic enough to do, you know, to, to beat Th- you that with the That was the thing watching Sanchez like I mean, he's just what is he 34 or 35? Well, he's only 32. Oh god. Wow, really? Yeah, right? The NFL takes he years looks off like he's 47 yeah, the way I he mean, moves around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like 
these guys that even Flacco with, with, with you know that situation, these guys that are in the pocket and cannot move when you have pass rushers these days that are two thirty and run four fours. Yeah. You got to have these guys that are mobile. So I, I Bridgewater's not like. Uh, he can move around from He's watching mobile it, enough. mobile enough to get away from the pressure and not be a statue in the pocket. Yeah, so. t- Tyrod is electric, you know, when it comes to getting in the open field when he can. He's injury prone. Yes, they both are. But it, Teddy gives you just enough to extend the play to make something happen if, if, if the pocket breaks down. He's not as dynamic in open field as Tyrod is. But I would take either one of those and then – Wait, because I don't know what a, a Will Greer or some of these other guys coming out is really going to give you. I've seen you, you could wait until with the fourth, maybe fifth round and get ripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It, but it depends on what are you looking at? Because I, I think you you need other things with that first. Pick Aren't we happy that we didn't pay Kirk Cousins? I know I am. Yeah. Oh, no, I think they should have kept him. Really? I know he stunk a couple, you know, for a couple of big nights. At, at that, pro- at that price tag. I, I don't. I think he'd actually do well with this offense, but I, you know, I mean, I don't know about the money per se, but yeah. uh, with what's transpired, uh, I think I'd rather have a Kirk Cousins than what we're facing this offseason. Yeah, at at a different price, I, I agree with you from the standpoint. If we take that contract out of it. Then yeah. maybe. I wasn't opposed to keeping him. I was opposed to keeping him at what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. But doesn't it tell us a lot that he has great weapons in Minnesota and still can't He, he quite has no excuse. And I said this before the season His started. offensive line is bad. But offensive line was banged up last year with Case Keenum. And they were a game away from the Super Bowl. This offensive line is no that not that much significantly worse than what they had last year or what Cousins played behind here. Mm. But you have when you have Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph, and a healthy Dalvin Cook and that defense, you were in a ready-made situation with a team who made it to one game from going to the Super Bowl. All you got to do is show up and not mess it up. That's all he <laughs> had to do. Show up and not screw things up. That's it. Yeah, it it's a ready-made like situation. D. Filippo guy and Zimmer were not on the same page whatsoever. So now the new, the quarterback's coach who was promoted is the new offensive coordinator. But you, but you know what? And then you come in with uh, with eighty four guaranteed with the team that you have around you. You you, you look like you're going to miss. You may miss the postseason for a team that was in the NFC Championship game. You get an offensive coordinator fired. Like to your point earlier. Uh, Frank about we should have made a move in firing somebody. Possibly. Yeah. I think some of these moves, like the default, some of these are knee-jerk reactions. And some of these guys are just scapegoated for, you know, other... If we made a move to fire someone and it really made sense, and it's not someone that's being scapegoated to cover up somebody else's mess and dysfunction, I'm fine. But some of the... There's been a lot of moves made. And some of these moves are not you know, I don't know. Sashi Brown, he's the biggest scapegoat in the NFL, in my opinion, past couple of years. But uh, he had to take the fall in Cleveland there. And uh, I like Sashi Brown. I liked him too. He kind like of he approached Brown. it like analytically and gave them a whole bunch of draft picks and built them up for the future. Yeah. They fired him for John Dorsey. And you know what? This is another name. I mean, he's on TV right now, and we're talking about GMs possibilities for that. I like Lewis Riddick. 
Yeah, I was like Lewis Riddick. I, I thought you were going to say Stephen A. Smith. After <laughs> no. Today. no, he didn't quite know who was going to play. He for doesn't. Him. He thinks people are playing that had been on the shelf all season. Well, then he like made it worse with his tweet. He was like, "I was thinking of Virgil Green, who hasn't had Virgil a catch Green in three does games. Not, does he even play there anymore? He does. He's been held receptionless the last three games he's played. So like, that's not a good argument either. Then what about Derek Johnson? Why, why was, is he on there? Why if if you don't know anything about a certain team? Just say, hey, look, I'm going to go first take today. Find yeah. somebody else. I think the most priceless thing was Teddy Bruschi's face. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, was, that was absolutely priceless. Like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't even fault it for the San Diego thing. I know that a lot of people still like will say San Diego Chargers. That's fine. It, Everybody slips. I mean, they, they haven't been or LA that wears long. out, but Derek Johnson's not on the team anymore. And, no. Yeah, that was, that Hunter was Henry has not stepped on the field anyway. I, where did he see Hunter Henry at? I want to know. Because <laughs> it wasn't on the NFL field this year. See, I thought those guys at that level have a staff of researchers that's going to bring there you all your... There should be someone in his ear. <laughs> you know, we don't have producers in our ear. You know, Frank, you do you yeah, do games. Fr- you yeah, know how that is. That should be you, Frank, on that show. Now you should get on there. You're the TV face here. You 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 sign up for that. But you but Frank, you you know that you've got someone in your ear when you're co- right. when you when you're broadcasting these games and when you're on uh, NBC and there's someone there to catch stuff like that. Yeah, as soon as you utter something, you hear no 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 right. no. What are you doing? <laughs> right, he, and I don't think he had anybody, which. Made him look pretty Doesn't bad. Doesn't that throw you off when ESPN, someone does that to you, you Frank? You, you get better at it. After you get better a while. at it, yeah. But I it also makes you cringe because you get that like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I right. just screwed up royally. What do I have to do to backtrack? And sometimes, right, to your point, your brain starts spinning, and then you're going to make more mistakes yeah. trying to cover up your first mistake. Like, ah. <laughs> right. Well, th- I, I think it takes a more gentle touch from the, you know, whoever it is, your editor, your uh, yeah. your researcher, you know, where you can just kind of yeah. whisper, yeah. you know, you said Jay, you meant John, you know, that, that yeah. quick correction. And I've never uh, had that before. But, Frank, what is the volume level like? Like, is it, do you have folks that just yell and, no, that's not it? And, and kind of uh, you throw know, you off yes. a little bit, or people that just, hey, uh, next time, the name is, you know. Does it Jamal, kind of like- I prefer the tone that you just use later there. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, slow jam tone. Right. The, the, the freak the out tone, storm. yeah, that doesn't help you. I mean, you know, it's the same here at TOP. The editor can push a button and get right into the anchor's ear. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, that, that helps no one. You yeah, know, because, I mean, if you're not someone, you guys have been doing that for a long time. If that was me doing it for the first time, that yeah, would freak yeah, me out to have somebody in my ear like that. Yeah. And then second of all, it might throw me off even further on live air. I might say something. What the hell is he? Oh. <laughs> right. You know, it, it right. might do something. Then you'd go viral. So right. Then, yeah. Uh, but I mean, then, then that's, famous that's that way. good. And, well, it's <laughs> a good 15 minutes of fame. Right. I don't need that. All right. Well, we took the detour into like. Pulling back the curtain on on live broadcasting. Any uh, final thoughts on the skins here? Uh, it's a franchise that, you know, Mason Foster kind of called them out, and uh, he's not really wrong. It's uh, – and, and should we as Redskins fans and people who cover them, like, it's just at this point it's, like, tiring to watch this team mediocrity year after year. There's really no solution looking forward here. Yes, they're still in the playoff hunt, but extremely – and it's, you know – Unfortunate situations happened this year. Injuries happened. But here we are again, not looking like anything's going to I be. Think, uh, I just feel. Yeah, I, it, 
apathetic. Apathetic, numb to it. I'm I'm numb to it. That's by far. But what the the, the takeaway I'm getting now is this team has showed for not even just the Jay Gruden era, for a long time, they can't handle success. Every time they get into a winning streak or they make it to the playoffs or win the division, they fall apart. They can't handle it. I don't know if they drink their own Kool-Aid or, you know, pat themselves on the back. But it seems like when things are going well, it's almost it's I don't know if it's a fear of failure. Well, no, they love failure. I think it's it's a fear of of success in that when things are going well and people nationally start to have to take you seriously, as soon as that happens, Deion Sanders bang the table for this team as the best team. They're going to win this division. And then they fall apart because they hear their names. They love to say no one respects us. No one cares. No one talks about us. And when they do, you go back to your old ways. You implode and you give them the same same negative things to talk about. that They have been because that is you. That's what you do. So it's almost like you can't have nice things. It's like you, you have yeah. to they, they self-destruct. It's also they're they're masochists in in that way. Like they just can't accept themselves being successful. They got to tell like some people that have great things in their life, and then for some reason they self sabotage. Sure, they just they just tear it up because nothing happened. They just can't deal with it. Mm -hmm. And this is what this organization they're self saboteurs. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was looking at the uh, point spread. I think it's the only true analytics. Uh, Jacksonville is starting Cody Kessler, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're favored by seven and a half over the Redskins. So you got a four and nine team at home favored by seven and a half over the Redskins, six and seven still in the playoff hunt. The over under is 36. So we're going to have a shootout. Oh, uh, but that's that's a current NFL right now. We got Kessler versus Josh Johnson. I think uh, gonna be I don't a have a good feeling about this. I think they have, to your point, I think that uh, they've thrown in the white flag. I think you got a coach who doesn't want to be there. You got players who are already bitching and moaning. Uh, this is not a good situation. Even though Jacksonville, uh, they've had so their, their their issues too. They're at home. Uh, I st- I like them unfortunately against the Redskins on I, Sunday. I agree. I think it's going to be a snoozer. Uh, I, I go back to that, that indie game, you know, and Andrew Luck was playing pretty damn good football and they blanked him, you know, and the only thing is this, you say they, they've thrown in the white flag, but Josh Johnson is getting his first start in what, 11 years. You don't think he's ready to make something happen. So can his enthusiasm rub off on everybody else? I don't know if it's enough. That would be, I, that would be great. I, I think they have a lot of the other people around them has kind of especially on defense. Now I think his enthusiasm and the leadership of Trent Williams and Adrian Peterson on that offense in that huddle could be a, enough of a spark to you know score a touchdown or two, which try to make it interesting. It's that defense that's got to come to play because I think the spread is what it is for Jacksonville because you look at that defense and you think. Yeah, against Josh Johnson, they're going to destroy him. And then you look at our defense, they still have Leonard Fournette. I don't care who's playing, Cody Kessler's playing quarterback. If you look at how this defense is played, the run, not, it does. The, the, the Giants' line isn't good. It was playing better recently. But they're still not that great. 
Leonard Ford doesn't need a whole lot. Saquon Barkley, they're one of the, they're those type of running backs that don't need a whole lot. They don't need gaping holes you can drive a big truck through. All they need is a little bit of daylight, and he is strong enough to get people out of his way. And this team doesn't tackle. They whiff. They barely try to. They're oh, stripping. yeah, that Mason Foster tap dancing, toe dancing. They're trying to strip people before they even wrap up, like in the, the Philly game. Alshon Jeffrey caught it, Norman ripped it, bobbled it, got it back. And instead of DJ Swearinger wrapping him up after that first missed strip, he tried to strip it again. And therefore, he was able to run down the field. Stuff like that. Leonard Fournette eats that up. TJ Yeldon eats that up. And he can play on the outside. And we're not good in coverage underneath, whether it be Fabian Moreau, and he's been getting burnt like crazy. Neither middle linebacker can cover. D.D. Westbrook could go nuts. You don't need to throw the ball downfield to get him in space. I don't think D.D. Westbrook's going nuts with Cody he, Kessler he could, throwing in the but, ball. But what I'm saying is, D.D. Westbrook does not have to run a nine route to be effective. D.D. Westbrook can take a wide receiver screen and do the rest, and our poor tackling will mm-hmm. assist him in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need Cody Kessler to throw a, a 70, 60-yard bomb down the field for him to get the ball. He can throw a, a slant across the middle, 10 to 15 yards, and he can do his business after that. And here I thought of the these last three games, this would be the most winnable for the Skins, but maybe it, not. It, it is winnable, but we thought the same thing about the last four games. Yeah. <laughs> Those true. were all winnable. That's true. They're, so, not, they're it, not beating Philadelphia or Tennessee, uh, so this is the only winnable game. I don't I, but No, no, because Tennessee is another one. They're a flip of a coin. I don't know what Tennessee team is going to show up from week to week. Derrick Henry had been not doing anything. Then he explodes for 250 and four touchdowns out of nowhere. And Mariota is up and down. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going to bank on the fact that Tennessee is, is unbeatable because they're they're back and forth. They're Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what you're going to get. They're, they're better than the Redskins, though. No, no, they're better than the Redskins. But if that team shows up, yes, they're better than the Redskins. There, from week to week, you don't know which Tennessee Titans team you're going to get. So if you get them on a week to not themselves, then you might sneak one. Yeah, I would say them at Philadelphia, uh, now that Nick Foles is starting, uh, they're going back to the playoffs because oh, you think oh, that's a, he's a man. Yeah, come on, man. He's, yeah, he's, 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 why did they ever, ever have you, to do, go back to Carson Wentz? Do, do, you, you, do you agree Bowl. with this? Frank, do you hear this madness? <laughs> he believe, he believes in, you see that stat which was interesting not defending Kirk Cousins but Kirk is like he's very highly paid but if you look at the highest paid quarterbacks and their success this year like nobody's winning uh, so yeah maybe that position is a little overrated uh, yeah Nick Foles man oh, Super Bowl champ may bring them back to, uh, to pasture it's just it's these quarterbacks on rookie deals because you can pay everybody else and then as yeah. soon as you pay the so quarterback if, everything else falls by if, the way if Foles takes them back to the playoffs then do you it's Carson Wentz is so, coming so up you, on a so contract do you I part ways with Carson Wentz for Nick Foles full-time uh yeah if they take if he uh, takes two Super Bowls you're not my GM two GM. Super Bowls in a row and I'm gonna pay Carson Wentz <laughs> I, I, for spot duty. Okay, so you think Foles for 16 games is going to get you that? Doesn't matter. He won it two matter. Super Bowls in a row. Wait, wait, you let he, him go? He, I just said playoffs. Now oh, you got him back in the Super Bowl oh, okay. again. Okay, okay, okay. They still are on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Let's start with the playoffs first. But still, it's still spot duty. You're coming in the same time. 
with three to four games. Okay, I'm not going to trust that you're going to do that for 16 games and get me to the Super Bowl every year over Carson. No, we know, we know what Nick Foles is. He's yeah, a, he's a stud in the playoffs in the postseason, <laughs> and uh, yes, he doesn't make massive but, mistakes. No, which is, yeah, exactly. He's a reliever. He's a spot starter. Right, well, I don't get rid of someone as talented and young as Carson Wentz for a spot starter. Edwin Jackson but, was a spot starter here, and uh, he's doing pretty good right now. So. Yeah, Edwin Jackson's also played for almost every damn team <laughs> in the major leagues. He's been a league, what, 16, 15 years? Yeah, pretty good career, yeah, just it, like it, Nick it's, Foles. It's a good career, but no one is getting rid of their uh, their stud ace pitcher for Edwin Jackson. And now it's a vertebrae issue. It was a knee last year. He had issues oh, at North boy. Dakota State injury-wise that just— you still believe in fits and magic, so you know, that's just... <laughs> Oh, man, what a crazy NFL season. We'll keep on top of it for you here on the DMV Sports Roundtable. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Jamal and Chris and Frank, I'm Dimitri. And for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world, God help us.